Genesis 22, verse number 2, it says, Then God said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Well, Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. We need to have an ear to hear the voice of God in our lives. And if ever there was a day church needs to be ready to hear the voice of God, it's today. Because he's speaking to us. He's got a plan for us individually, plan for our church, plan for our community, our nation. And we, the church, collectively need to learn to hear his voice. God is still speaking today. Jesus said, the sheep follow him, for they know his what? Voice. And if you're a follower of Jesus, it's your privilege to know the voice of God. Because you're familiar with him, you know him, you fellowship with him, you commune with him, you spend time with him. So when he speaks to you, you know who's speaking, guiding, leading, impressing your life. And God occasionally thunders, but he always speaks. And when God speaks, it's clear. When God speaks, it's always confirmed through his word. In other words, what he has for us in written page, he also will speak into our hearts. It always aligns itself through his word. When God speaks, also out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word will be established. It's not like something, well, God told me, so I'm going to go do it. And everybody's going, really? Uh, No, it will be confirmed. Two or three witnesses with spiritual maturity and validity will confirm it. When God is speaking to you about a life-changing decision, you better have confirmation. If you don't, you're going out on your feelings, and we've watched too many crash and burn doing that. Many today are in transitions. They're making life choices, and some ask, well, what do I do next? What's the next step for me to take? Before you jump, you better lean in and ask God for the next step. And when you sense he's given it to you, Let there be confirmation. What we learn early about God in his word is he is a God who speaks. He uses language. He clothes his thoughts with a voice and words. And God conveys his will with his speech. He uses verbal expression to his thinking and makes sure that what we hear is exactly what's on his heart. Now watch, right from the start, the word reveals this about God. Then God said. God did not create the solar system or our galaxy or the rest of the universe by just visualizing them alone. If you want a definition of God, he speaks. He communicates. It was the voice of God Adam heard every day in Eden. God used his voice to instruct him, to share his knowledge to download his heart and mind into the life of Adam. On Mount Sinai, it says God's voice thundered like thunder. And people ran in terror and they said, Moses, you go speak to him. We're scared of his voice because, I mean, it rolled through the mountains. 
To the prophet Elijah, God revealed his will like this, through a still, small voice, a little gentle whisper. John, while in exile, said he heard the voice of God, and it had the sound like many waters, a thousand Niagara's, because God nuances his voice. He will be soft, loud. He will whisper. He'll thunder. God knows how to apply his voice to get our attention. And God is still speaking today. When God would anoint someone for special office, there would always be this declaration. The prophet of God would say over the person, thus says the Lord. Why? God's constantly attempting to let us know he's speaking and we need to acquire ears so we can hear. And we acquire ears by spending time with him. At the end of the book of Malachi, it records that God's voice went silent for 400 years. He refused to speak to his people because they had ignored him when he would speak to them. But then he breaks his silence when we open the New Testament. John the Baptist is brought into the world, proceeding Jesus, and the voice of one crying in the wilderness. That was the voice of John the Baptist. But he wasn't the voice. He was the voice of one, it says. The one he was preaching for had a voice. And John said, I am his voice. And the message God was speaking to his people, bear fruits worthy of repentance. If someone would put a megaphone up and actually be able to channel the voice of God and you could hear the volume of it, he would be saying the same thing to the United States of America today. Bear fruits of repentance. The most astonishing description of Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh. Before Christ took on bodily form, he was the Word. He always was because God speaks. And he has spoken. He is speaking. He forever will speak through his son, Jesus. God's word is wrapped in flesh, and he dwelt among us. In the upper room on the day of Pentecost, 120 gatherers spoke with new languages as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. It is God confirming that he speaks. He communicates with his creation. Now, there are some categories related to how people perceive that God is speaking to them. There are those who pray without any expectation. They just give God their laundry list and talk, 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 but never listen to hear his response. So after their prayer rant, they don't give God opportunity to give them direction and to speak his will to them. Then there are other people who indicate they hear God all the time. God tells them where to fuel up. God tells them to eat Cocoa Puffs for breakfast. They're identified because you hear from them, God told me. Listen, God doesn't need to spell out what snacks you should eat. Your weight on the scale will tell you all you need to know. Yeah? God desires we believe him and lean in to listen to him, Right? So if you have a speaking issue, it's because you have a hearing issue. Focus more on what God has to say than what you have to say. The book of Revelation doesn't say, he who has a mouth, let him speak. No, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. 
Well, pastor, what does this, the sound of his voice, what's it like? What would we like to hear the voice of God? And God tells us the starting place for that is to keep our hearts open by reading his word and praying and then listening today. If you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. So the key to listening and hearing him is to keep your heart open to him, not closed because he's saying things you don't want to hear. Because God will tell us stuff we don't, not need, we don't want to hear because he loves us enough to tell us what we need to hear. Have a heart that agrees with the word of God. And that'll keep your heart open. Because God has designed in all of us a Navi system. And your Navi system speaks to you, you know, when you get ready to start your journey, it'll tell you now to access this turn and access this road. And then when you get up on a freeway or a highway, it may go silent for a period of time as you're cruising along. But, you know, it'll speak to you at some point, reminding you that you're either on the wrong road or it will say to you, recalculate. You missed your turn. If God seems silent, unlock your ears from all the other clutter because there's so much stuff going on around us all the time. You will hear him say, you're off base. Turn around. You missed the turn. We must grow ever more sensitive to the voice of God. And I would encourage you to do that early in the morning. Do your prayer time before you do anything else. Listen to the voice of God first thing. Don't wait until you're tired at the end of the day. Never could figure out why people will armor, put all their armor on, do all their praying at the end of the day, and then crawl up under the covers to go to sleep. I'm going to put all my armor on because I'm going to war all day. So I put it on early in the day. Then he said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So which mountain? Well, I'll tell you when we get there. God will speak direction, but he does not give you details. And this is how he works. Many just wait for God to download a map with all the markings on it into them. That's not how generally God speaks. He'll give you a certain direction. But he doesn't always give you everything in between the starting and the finish place. The steps of a righteous man are ordered. It says the steps, one step at a time. When you hear the voice of God, then you'll see how everything begins to connect one step at a time. Because if he gave us everything all at once, here's the grave danger in that. We're not prepared. Our character is not ready. We can't support the weight of his purpose in our lives. So through the journey, he's preparing us, strengthening us, developing us on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. God uprooted him, telling Abraham, pick your son up. Let's go. You don't know where you're going. Uh, I'll tell you when we get there. And God directs us the same way. You're going to that mountain. We want a clear path. Show us exactly how I'm getting from here to there. Show me that what stages and what steps I'm going to take. And, and God rarely gives you all those in-between specific details. He says, you walk by faith, not by sight. It's all about staying close enough to God so when he speaks direction... You can make your adjustment 
because there'll be adjustments along on that journey. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey. And he says, I will get you to the destination, but you will have to stay in cadence with me. You will have to walk with me. I will not give you the whole package so you can go taken off on your own. You will need my guidance every step of the journey till you get to your purpose because I will not allow you to operate independently of me. And he says, if you want to do that, then you'll just end up walking in circles and never get to the high place I prepared for you. So when you walk with God daily, he provides you direction. And sometimes it seems repetitious. I'm taking the same steps today I took yesterday. Mm -hmm. I'm going through the same motions I went through yesterday. Yes, because that's the character-building portion of our patience and waiting for the Lord. So he doesn't give you the details at the beginning. He just asks, what do I do if I don't hear him today say what I'm supposed to do today? You do what he told you last. Whatever you heard him say last, you keep doing again today. So he doesn't give you all the details. You have to walk by faith. Now, Sarah may have asked, where are you going with our son? Well, we're heading up in that direction over there by the mountain range. Well, what does that mean? God didn't give him the details. It's not the destination. It's in the journeying that you're hearing his voice. It's not where you're going. The lessons are in hearing his voice each step of the way. So God was training Abraham during this test for the greatness that would come ahead of him. And he needed to learn to hear the voice of God step by step. Take another step. This is the specific mountain. Take a step up the side of this mountain. See, take another step into the unknown so I can perform the impossible. As long as you remain in your comfort zone, you'll never experience the supernatural or the impossible. And our challenge, to hear the voice of God and step out of our comfort zone. When you do, you'll be confronted by the fear zone telling you to retreat back into your comfort zone because this is unfamiliar, and I don't know if I like this, and I'm not sure I can adjust to this. That's your old nature talking. You can adjust to just about anything if you allow God to help you, because I can do all things through Christ. So the first zone you step out of is your comfort zone. Immediately, you're introduced to the fear zone, and you start wondering, listen, he did not give us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Amen? Well, I don't know how I'm going to make it. And I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to do this. And I don't know where the provision is going to come from. And I don't know how he's going to answer all these questions. Listen to me. You step forward. You move out of your comfort zone into the fear zone. Eventually, you'll break out into the victory zone where success and destiny and purpose all come together. When Abraham approached the mountain range, God told him to leave his servants behind and take his son only up the mountainside. God said, follow me up the mountain. This is where I'm taking you. This is the mountain we're going up. I'll lead you. He didn't tell Abraham from the beginning the specific destination until he arrived. Now, this is the spot. Build the altar. So what do you do when you know where God has told you to go, but you don't understand where you are? I'm not sure how this relates to my destination. Can you endure the silence 
when God is saying nothing and you get up again and you love the Lord and you worship God and you give him thanks and you say, Lord, whatever it is you're saying to me today, I'm ready to hear you. I want to serve you with all my heart. And whatever you told me to do yesterday, I will keep doing today until you tell me to adjust that. He speaks when it's time to take a turn. He speaks when it's time to make an adjustment and recalculate. God speaks as he trains you to hear with your inner ear. The rest of the time, you just walk by faith. When Abraham takes Isaac, they had to walk for three days. Well, God, how will I know when I'm at the right place? Three days, that direction. And so Abraham, by faith, just follow the Lord. You know, when I go shopping, uh, a salesperson generally will intercept me somewhere and say, may I help you? No, thanks. I'm just looking. Because I will know it when I see it. That's the way I shop, okay? I don't care about your 50,000 other stuff, pieces you got all over the store. I will know it when I see it. That's how the will of God operates. I can't describe it, but when you walk with God, you're in communication and communion with him, seeking his will, you will know it. Purpose, destiny, his voice will say, this is it. This is where you need to be. And what happens in that moment, converging with his voice telling you this is it, peace arrives. If you don't have his peace, don't do it. Man, tuck that one away because you'll pull that one out a lot of times in your lifetime. There's a place. And God sets up his trials in the life of Abraham so he would learn to hear him and understand him. Because usually God speaks the clearest in the dark places, in the painful, difficult places. The closer Abraham got to his destiny, the more he had to lose his history. And you can't let, he had to leave his whole family back in the Ur of Chaldees. He had to walk away from everybody and the business his father had started making idols for idol worship and go somewhere he had no idea. God was taking him on a journey. He had to leave his history. He was being called out as a servant of the Lord. The closer he got to that, the less of his history had any influence. You can't take everybody with you. Only those involved in his will, those are the ones you surround yourself with. He said to the servants, thank you for all you're doing for us, but this is as far as you're going. You're staying right here. You remain here. The two of us are going there. Dedication requires some separation. In those one-on-one moments with the Lord, you've got to hear him. That's when he reveals his heart to you. That's where you perfect hearing the voice of God. The closer you get to the will of God, the smaller the circle gets. Paul was alone in a dungeon when he penned his pastoral epistles, telling them, don't quit, don't give up, fight the good fight. John was isolated on Patmos when he received the book of the Revelation, the last book of the Scripture. Jesus was alone in the garden when he had to win the battle over life and death because the rest of them went to sleep. Elijah was alone in the cave when he heard the still, small voice of God. He was able to hear God's whisper when he was alone. So Abraham and Isaac 
are there. They go up the side of the mountain and they put the wood for the burnt offering on the back of Isaac. He's probably 15 to 17 years of age. He could have easily resisted his father's request when they got to the area where Abraham builds the altar and takes the wood off the back of Isaac, lays it on the altar, and there's no animal around. And then he asks Isaac to lay down on the altar. He could have resisted his father. Why, why, why is Abraham doing this? Because this is what God told him to do. And he told Abraham, build an altar, sacrifice your son as a burnt offering to me. And Isaac didn't resist his father, nor did Abraham disobey the voice of the Lord. Like Jesus, who didn't have to die on a cross, he could have called 10,000 angels. He could have resisted the will of his father. He could have dispatched the entire Roman army. But Jesus submitted willingly and gave his life on the cross because it was the will of his father. And he said, I came to do your will, O God. I don't do anything unless the father tells me. I won't even speak unless I speak what the father tells me to speak. And Abraham raises his knife in obedience to the voice of God. But then the voice of God comes to him the second time. And God says, stay your hand. Don't do this. What do you mean don't do this? I'm doing what you told me to do. Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. Remember this. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word Jesus said that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The proceeding word. And if you don't have a proceeding word, a now word, you will kill your future living off of what you heard yesterday. The fool will lose tomorrow holding on to yesterday. This happens to many denominations. They're still living on what they heard decades ago, killing their future, holding on to what always has been. God's still speaking today. God's still working today. God has new methodology for getting his message to his people. Without a proceeding, you can't go forward. So it's not enough. Just come to church and hear sermons and everything remains the same way it's been forever. You have to read this word so God can speak to you a now word. If you pray, God will speak to you. If you add fasting, your ears will get unplugged. And when you walk with God, he speaks. Abraham had to think, well, you told me to do this. And God said, I don't need your son's blood. His blood can't save anybody. I will shed the blood of my own son. His blood is going to save. It never really was about your son. So why did I do all of this? It was about you learning to be obedient, to put me first, to trust me. I'm trying to tune your hearing to hear my direction for your life. Can I trust you enough to hear not only the direction I gave you back there, but the direction I'm giving you right now? Can I trust you enough not to live in the past? But when I change your direction, you will hear me and not hold on to the past. That's a great challenge. It's a huge challenge for the church. God was speaking then. He is speaking now. Do not kill your future by hanging on to your past. 
That's a word for this church and for today. Because things are about to happen that God wants to have happen, and we cannot hang on to our past. God already knows your destiny. And the person for, for, for your, your career, the connections you need to have, the right people, the right place, the right time, he's got all of that prepared. You just need to learn to hear his voice and take the steps. He has the right person for your spouse for your life, your future. God knows you will fail if you just do what the culture tells you. Follow your heart. Just follow your heart. The flip side of that coin is what God says. And here's what God says. Your heart is desperately wicked. You don't listen to your heart. He said, you listen to my voice and you do what I say, then you will have good success, not following your heart. can hear a teardrop in here. It's good. It's desperately wicked. You don't follow your emotions. God knows your giftings. He wired you. He knows your high calling in Christ. He's put everything that you need already into you. And the high water mark is what you reach for, the purpose for which he created you. And if you go with God, he will take us to our highest potential. If I don't, I'll miss that mark and I'll hit somewhere else below his perfect purpose. And that always ends up in great regret in life. And here's how God sees you and where he sees you. You will not get where he wants you to go by leaning on your own understanding. But in all your ways, you must acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. In all your ways. Abraham, it was never about Isaac. It was about you hearing my voice. I wanted to know if I could speak to you under pressure, in a trial, in a painful moment, in a time that had to be excruciating for you to take your son up the side of that mountain, build an altar, put wood on it, get ready for him to be put to death and to be burned on that altar. It had to be painful for you to be willing to lay him down on that altar. But I needed to know if you would hear my voice and not just hear my voice, but obey my voice. Now I know I have your attention. Now I know I can give you fresh instruction and new direction for your future, and you will be bold enough not to just hear me, but to obey me. Because that's what I require of you. I will do the miracles. I will do the multiplication. I will open the doors. I will bring the provision. I just need you to hear me and obey me. That's how that works. Because when God speaks like this, and he's going to test everybody here, you will have to deal with your Isaac. And God will ask of you to hear him and obey him. And he's going to speak clearly about it. 
problem we have is we hear, but we sometimes don't want to obey. Why? Because we're stubborn. Why? Because we want what we want. Why? Because we think we know better than God what's best for us. Why? Because we're not too smart. Because if we had wisdom, here's what we know from wisdom. When God asks me to do something, it's always for my good. When God asks me to put this over here, it's always for my best. That's wisdom. That's what I've learned. When God's telling me to do something that doesn't sound normal to me, doesn't fit into my comfort, doesn't, makes me uncomfortable, that's going to cost me something, that's going to get painful, this doesn't look good, I don't want pain, I'm going to go the other way because I want what I want. No, wisdom says run into it. Like David, run at your giant. Realize I'm bigger than your giant. I'm greater than what you're facing. Are you hearing this today? Wow. So when God whispers, then hell starts screaming. And all your peers around you will say to you, you're taking too big a risk. What's wrong with you? That's never been done in our community before. Why do you think you're going to break the mold? The enemy will attempt to bring fear into your heart, intimidate you, discourage you, and, and be careful. Listen, really careful. When people around you start encouraging your emotional need to go do something because it feels good to go do it. Somebody's interested in you, and you they appeal... And the appeal is, yeah, let me, let me go find out what this is all about. And then everybody around you, your peers, start encouraging you to feed the emotional need because your peers just want you to be happy. Who are your peers? People who don't know any more than you do. Okay. So then where should I get help? First, from God's Word. Secondly, from those who mentor you and are responsible to try to help you and confirm with you important decisions you're having to make. Listen to the Lord. Listen to the spiritual mentors he's given you. God has a word for now, and don't allow your past to kill your future. Too many churches operate on past revelation. Listen, God moved a certain way in a certain time, and they refuse to move forward from that moment. Don't walk in past experiences. Walk in what God is doing Today, if Abraham could not have heard the voice of God in the now, he would have killed his future that day. Hear the preceding word of God. Don't kill your dreams because you go deaf to the voice of God. Abraham was ready to offer Isaac. God said, do you hear me now? And then when Abraham responded, God said, now I know, I know Abraham that you will obey me when I speak to you. Now I know that you fear God. What does that mean? That you have reverence, that you've learned enough about him and his voice, that when he says something to you, no matter how it happens, you've taken the position of Job. If you want to kill me, I still will trust you. So Abraham untied his son. Because when Abraham heard from God provision arrived. 
And Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for the burnt offering instead of his son. Now watch. The horns of the ram, I don't know if you've ever seen one of these critters up close and personal, but they use their horns to resist you. Okay? But the horns of that ram were tied up because it's useless to resist. God already has all of the provision you need to succeed tied up. It cannot resist you. It can't get away from you, and no one can take it away from you. It's there for you, but it all depends on whether you're willing to hear and obey the voice of God. We, we, be, we began with nothing in the journey of serving the Lord, but God's always taking care of our needs because he's faithful. He wants us to hear his voice and be faithful back to him in obedience. Grow big ears. Hear his voice. If you hear God, he'll get you through college. And paid for in provision. Neither one of us knew how we are going to do that. But God made sure by the time we walked away, it was taken care of. My dear brothers and sisters, you must all, say all, be quick to what? Listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. If you will hear God, your business will grow. If you'll hear God, you'll buy a house and be able to pay for it. If you'll hear God, he'll bless your family for generations to come. Students need to know he's still Jehovah Jireh. He will provide. And if you're hearing from him, the funding is already tied up. God wants a multitude of people to be a part of our church family. Some don't want to hear the voice of God. Even though they hear it, they won't obey it. They hear what their heart says to them. And then they wander as sheep with little or no leadership, off into God knows where. But God is still waiting, and he's still challenging, and he's still coming alongside and saying, will you hear me? Will you obey my voice? Will you walk with me? Will you remain uncluttered enough and not grow distracted? Will you listen when I speak to you? Because if you do, everything you need, I will supply. And this is where Abraham said, we will name this place. And he calls God by this name for the very first time. For God first revealed himself as provider on Mount Moriah. We will call this place Jehovah Jireh. The Lord has provided. He will back you up. When? When you hear him and when you obey him. The tied up resource was all about, can you hear my voice? He said, I'm speaking to you. Are you listening? I've got provision already taken care of. Because Abraham knew enough about God to know if that knife had come down and killed Isaac, God will raise him from the dead. We'll be back. God will figure out a plan because I know enough about my God to know he's still provider. Amen? I, ha I have your provision tied up. Well, pastor, I tried that. I, I did that uh, and, and it didn't turn. God says, no, what I need you to do is stop and listen to my voice. Then I will provide. But, but don't become a Shanita in the church. Shanita husband. Shanita car payment. What you really need is the Lord. And if you will hear his voice, he will bring you the one you need tied up.
opportunities taken care of. Let me explain that to you. In a prophetic word, my wife was witness to my son. I described his wife one day in detail. Never met her. Didn't have any idea who she was, but I described her. It was a moment the Holy Spirit came on me and I prophetically spoke the description of his spouse. And one of the things I said to him was this in that description. She does not need you to serve the Lord. She was raised in a Christian home. She serves the Lord because she loves him. And she will love him with or without you because she has heard the Lord's voice herself. Does anybody here believe that God will order your steps? She lived on the other end of the country. We'd never met her. Had no knowledge of her. But we knew the moment we laid eyes on her. That's the one we talked about under the anointing of the Holy Spirit that day. Don't ever take the important matters of your future, of your purpose, of why God wired you the way he did, of the spouse he has for you, into your own will and hands because I've watched the highway of wrecks and crashing and burning people doing that. Let God provide because when he does, it's perfect provision. So you don't have to kiss a thousand toads to find a prince. And you're gambling today in the world we're living in with their morality and the mess that it's created for people with diseases and everything that goes with it. God will point out his provision. His sheep know his voice. Get ears like Samuel had. He heard the voice of God as a boy in the temple of the Lord. Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Don't go through divorces and pain before you learn to start listening to God's voice. And when you do fail, the voice will say, recalculating, turn around. You missed the turn. And don't remain in that comfort zone and end your life in misery. Lean in, listen, pray. Like Jehoshaphat, he called when they were coming against him, three armies, we will fast. He personally the nation will pray as a nation, will pray individually, will fast, will hear the voice of the Lord. God has a plan for us. He made promises to us. Don't step out on emotions. Step out having fasted, prayed, clearing your ear to hear what God says, and don't call it faith. And it's nothing but foolishness. So do what you can with the giftings God's given you. Open your heart to hear what he has to say. And when he asks you to get out of the boat, do so. If you start sinking, he'll pick you up and he'll get you right back into the boat safely. I'm thanking God here today for provision. And I'm thanking God for new steps because God orders our steps and they are steps one after the other. He doesn't just stay right here and don't make a move forever. 
He wants you to take steps and you move when he asks you to move and you move forward in the Lord. Your greatest steps are in your future, not in your past. You're needing the next step. You're needing what God has for you. So my steps are ordered of the Lord. I trust yours are too. Let's stand together and thank him and bless him.